This is episode number 134 with Mikel Svane. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Very excited about today's guest. His name is Mikkel, and he is from Denmark. And this is about starting up a business and the real story of what it takes to risk it all and go for broke. Now, conventional wisdom says most startups need to be in Silicon Valley, started by young engineers around a sexy new hot idea and backed by VC funding. But as Mikkel Svane reveals in Startup Land, his new book, the story of founding Zendesk was anything but conventional. And Mikkel is the founder of Zendesk, which really transformed the customer support industry and business. And so many people use this software online to manage their customer support. So you're going to learn a lot about customer support in this. Also, the journey of starting up a business, a journey from moving from Denmark over to the U.S. and the transition of that, the differences between the European mentality versus the U.S. mentality, and the positives and negatives of each, how to manage having multiple business partners in a business and a startup, and much, much more. Very excited to bring him on. He is uh, an interesting, fun guy, lots of wisdom, and I know you're going to dig this one. So let's dive into number 134 with Mikel Svane. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these. But did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off, off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit u.s restaurants and gas stations that's the powerful backing of american express Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Excited to connect you with today's guest. His name is Mikhail Svana. I believe I'm saying it correct. How you doing, Mikhail? <laughs> you butchered it. No, I'm doing <laughs> 
I'm doing fine. Thank you. For this. I'm very excited. We were just chatting about uh, handball because you're from the home country where handball was invented. And we just had a conversation that no one in the United States knows about handball. They all think it's a different type of sport where you hit a ball against a wall. Yeah. But in fact, it's an extremely exciting sport. And you said you used to play it growing up. So I'm glad we got to connect there. Yep. And you are known for a very powerful piece of software called Zendesk that you created with a couple of buddies back in the day, and it's taken over the world. Uh, you know, 150, uh, you have customers in over 150 countries, and it's just, it's grown like crazy. I don't know anyone who doesn't know about Zendesk who's working in the online field or online business or anything like that. So congratulations on the success, first off. No, thank you so much. Thank you, Louis. And your book is called Startup Land, How Three Guys Risked Everything to Turn an Idea into a Global Business. And you've created a global business, but I'd like to figure out first, how did Zendesk first come about? And what was who came up with the idea? And how did you get it started? Yeah, so I think in, in many ways, it's a very traditional tech startup story. Uh, we are three founders, and, and two of us spent a few years in the customer service software industry and, and were underwhelmed by the, the quality of the software in that industry and, and like the, the whole lack of, of uh, customer centricity in the industry. Like nobody really cared about customer service. It was very much a cost center. And not something that people saw as an opportunity to better engage and relate with their customers. So, so we set out just to build a, a, a more beautiful, simple, straightforward piece of software and and use like brought it up to date, made it modern, like it's so it's cloud based, it's straightforward, they have a beautiful interface and very consumerish in kind of its approach and. And, um, you know, we didn't have a big business plan or everything. We, we just, we put it out there and, and, and we got a lot of uh, early uh, great feedback on it. Now you're in Copenhagen when this happened or somewhere in Denmark, right? Correct. We were in Copenhagen. We were working out of my co-founder's uh, small kitchen. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we did that for almost two years, bootstrapped it for almost two years. Okay. So you bootstrapped. Did you take on any investment at all? We did a little. Uh, we did a little family and friends. Um, we did that in the early days uh, because we couldn't raise money in Europe. Uh, so we did a little family and friends, and there was an angel, a German angel investor, who, who, uh, who, uh, who um, took on to that uh, round. But it was a relatively small round. But it, it got us through the first couple of years. And when did you realize that it started to take off? When did it start to really like say, whoa, okay, some big names are using this and it's starting to make a lot of money? Oh, I think it's, there's been many small mind <laughs> zones along the way. It's, it's, never like you, it's never like you have one big eureka moment. You know? Sure. But like we, 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 even in the early days, we saw good signals of progress. Suddenly, like um, I remember when MSNBC contacted us out of the blue and wanted to use Zendesk for their internal customer service. And that was a, like, that was a big thing for us. Wow. Um, and uh, and uh, I remember later when some of the startups here in Silicon Valley started using Zendesk too, I was also like, okay, now like there's suddenly all these cool companies that we heard on and TechCrunch and so on started using Zendesk. And these some companies like, you know, Script and Twitter and Yam uh -huh. and so on, like this really cool that they suddenly started using Zendesk. Interesting. Okay, cool. So some, was that within the first couple of years, some of these cool, cool companies started using it and bigger names started using it? And when, when did it start to turn profitable for you guys? When were you like not, 
you know, on your kitchen table anymore. And you had like an office with some real income coming in. Yeah. So like we didn't like this, this was very much a bootstrap startup uh, with no offices and so on for the first couple of years. And it wasn't until we started raising money in the U.S. and moved the company here to San Francisco in the summer of 2009 that it really became like a real company and, and where we started to hire an organization and, and, uh, and, and building a real team around it and so on. And when did you launch the company then? It start, if you came to the U.S. in 2009? So we launched in 2007. So okay. a little uh, uh, close to two years after we launched, we moved the operations to the U.S. And when did it go public? We, we went public in uh, last year, in 2014, May of 2014. So, you know, uh, six something, six and a half years after we we uh, we launched, uh, and you know, close to five years after we moved to the U.S. So it sounds like to me that you created like an American dream story, but you didn't start in America. No, but I think we 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 I think I think the American dreams the American dream concept means means something to us like this that because especially in the world of tech startups you know there's a there's a big mental difference between San Francisco Silicon Valley and the mentality in Europe and uh-huh. you have an opportunity to dream bigger and do bigger and 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 think bigger uh, here um, and and go all the way and 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 truly disrupt an industry or. And 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 you don't have the mentality in Denmark, or in Denmark, or in for that matter, in a lot of Europe. Um, so, so, what is what is the mentality in Denmark or in Europe? What what is it, and how is it different than the American spirit? Well, I think that that it's you know we we have a lot of um, we have a lot of uh, I think we just we think smaller. You know, it's it's not like you see three guys with a computer and you say, okay, these guys can disrupt an industry. You know, it, it's that's not how it is. Like, and and you have in in the U.S. everything can be done. You know, everything is possible here, and and in Europe it's much more a, a world that is dominated by our legacy and by how we used to how we used to do things and you know th- how things have always been and and and. Um, and 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 that's just it's just a very different mentality. You have more like old boys networks. You have these clubs and and secret handshakes and all these different things in Europe that that just characterizes a a, a, a region with a much longer history and with much more legacy and a lot more luggage, if you will. Mm. Whereas whereas there is in especially in California, there's a clean shake slate. There's like a there's a there's a willingness to start all over and 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 kill your darlings and all these different things and and for I think for a tech startup that is incredibly inspiring. Yeah, it's almost like if you live in America, anything is possible. There's that mentality, at least maybe in Silicon Valley and some of the bigger cities, that anything is possible. Um, yep. Now I'm curious, did you have a secret handshake? <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Of- in, I think in regions like you know in Europe and Denmark, many other countries, there are a lot of secret handshakes. Yeah, yeah. Did you have one though? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 why did you and your two friends have something different inside of you? Have a a different spirit inside of you than the general spirit in Europe and in Denmark? Why was your guys' energy different? Well, I think. I, I don't know. I think we had this longing, like we wanted to do something, and it, it and it was a number of very tough decisions to to take it all the way. Like it, it is something like taking 
you know, ripping your family and yourself up with their roots and, and moving them across the world. It's, it's just a big task, you know, and it, it, it's, it's like it, you have to be in a, in a very healthy position in many ways to, to be able to do that because it, it, is, it is just, it, 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 it's a big change. And, and, uh, and, and we've been so fortunate to be in a position to be able to do that and been very lucky with the business and the people we have surrounded ourselves with, the investors in the company, the board that we put together, and, and the, the very, the, a lot of the early employees and, and the staff that we have put together, the team we put together, they've always wanted us to make, do better and, and be better and always helped us think bigger and more creatively about the opportunity ahead of us and the business we could build. So, you know, I think this, it's all the little things that matters tremendously, uh, mm -hmm. but taking that first step and saying, okay, let's give it a shot at building the business here in San Francisco rather than doing it out of Denmark was the platform for everything else that succeeded for us. So would you say when you decided to move and the process of being in Silicon Valley and in America in general that everything, everything shifted and you wouldn't be as big today or successful without that move? Yes. Wow. Completely. Interesting. You talk about in your book about the mindset in Silicon Valley, about how everyone talks about failing fast. And you say that you're never okay with that. Can you talk about why you're not okay with that mindset? Well, I think that, that there's some there's there's some sense in kind of the 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 fail fast, iterate quickly uh mentality of, of lean uh, startup. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some sense to it, but I think that everybody, but you, you have to have, you have to have a, a safety net, you have to have, you know, you have to have a big cushion to be able to think positively about failure. For most small businesses, for most startups, you know, you, when you don't have the cushion, where you don't have anything to fall back on and so on, like failing is typically a, a thing with big consequences, you know, it has consequences for you, for your personal finances, for your employees that suddenly is without a job and for your families and, and for all these customers that believed in you and believed in your product and, and gave you their money and, and all the partners you have and so on like that, you, you, that whole uh, disappointing all these people and disappointing yourself and your family and so on that, that kind of failure is just really, really tough. Yeah, because you're always letting someone down, right? Yep. Yeah, that's challenging. Uh, so it's more, I, I, what I'm hearing from you is it's more like a dance. It's more like, yes, you want to iterate and come out with something fast, but also you want to have a consistent plan. Like if something doesn't go right, you don't want to just give it up right away, right? No, I think that, and, and you know, that is the dilemma of every tech startup entrepreneur that, that on one part of you, you have to be fully blindly motivated and dedicated to what you're doing and, and not believing in anything else. But you, there's another part of you that has to be realistic about where you are and the consequences of what you do. And, and then that is the everyday dilemma of a tech uh, startup uh, founder or an entrepreneur. And, and, and that's not easy. There's no formula for that. Uh, and, and nobody can help you kind of really navigate through that process. Mm, gotcha. A lot of people talk about creating something remarkable. You know, your the best marketing plan is to have something remarkable, be a purple cow, you know, stand out, and that will help you sell and create awareness for your business, your company, your product, whatever it may be, your software even. But in, in with Zentesk, you talk about um, it being not sexy or not really a purple cow, let's say. 
It's uh, and you talk about um, it's beautiful being boring. Now, why is it? Why is boring beautiful? <laughs> I think that um, I think that I think it's 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 it, it. And I'm talking to somebody something that probably happens in most you know with with the most of the technology industry that you take something that is typically boring and 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 then you make it you know a boring process like. Uh, you know, a business process uh, or some something that none, nobody really enjoys doing, and then you figure out a way of just making that simple and easy and straightforward and and kind of responsive and sexy and and just like interesting. And then suddenly you can completely redefine what that means for people, and 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 it can change an industry. I think a little bit like think about like when you used to receive a check and you had to go down to the bank to put it into your account. And nowadays you can just you know, scan it with your smartphone and, and, you know, it's on your account right away. Mm -hmm. That kind of, that kind of taking a process that is incredibly boring and, and then suddenly making it super easy and sexy, it just, it transforms the whole like notion of giving checks because suddenly it's so easy. And like we did that on a little bit bigger scale with, with customer service, like customer service was nobody, like nobody wants to contact customer service. If you contact customer service, it's because you're already like, you, you know, you're already like, you're already angry or mad <laughs> yes, or something yes. like that, you know? So, so like and changing that notion. So it's actually, you know, you, you can use customer service as something much more proactive to, to have a better experience and actually to learn something and, 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 and be positively surprised. It's like suddenly we just make it fluent and, and transparent and easy and you don't hang in a phone tree and you and, and people get back to you really quickly and it's transparent transparent what's going on and you know who you're talking to and so on. That can just change the whole industry. And, and to some extent, that is what we 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 try to do and to some extent we what we did for the customer service of our industry. I like it. So tell me about how the idea originally came about. Like you just said when someone contacts customer support, they're already not happy or they can't find something or something's not working, so they need to contact to figure out how to make something work. How did you guys, you and your two friends, come up with this idea in the first place? How did it come about? So two of us spent a few years in the customer service software industry, and 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 that's where we learned a lot about how complicated we made these systems and mm-hmm. how nobody was empowered, how there was very little transparency, and how complicated it was to make work with like the channels that we enjoy using today. You know, like that the just the fact that you can email somebody and get a response, like it's it's that's very empowering mm-hmm. for for consumers and. And like, so we just updated all these modern channels and provided like there's a self-service interface so you can always see kind of what is the status of my request and so on. A lot of these basic things that just provides transparency and that empowers everybody involved um, and, and building on, on, you know, building it out on those values so that it's not only for the end customers, but also the people actually providing the customer service experience. So they, so they have a great experience too. So they feel empowered to, to make decisions and help the customers in the best, best way. Um, I think these are some of the basic values that we defined uh, to send us gone. Mm, I like that. And something I want to point out is I had a business partner in a, uh, another business of mine that I'd sold and things went really well for the first couple of years, but then we just had different views and different visions and ended up, you know, splitting apart and selling the company to him uh, because we, 
our views went different ways. Now you had, there's three of you that started this and I'm curious to know, did you all share the same viewpoint in the early stages and how did you guys pull it off and work together to have one vision with three different people? Yeah, but, but that's, that's of course impossible, you know, <laughs> and also because like this, the, the vision is something that shapes up that, that takes shape after time, you know, after some time, you know, it, 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 it evolves and, and, and of course you're not always aligned and, and you're thinking yeah. different in, in, in different ways and so on. So especially in the early days when you have to keep people together and, and, and all kind of subscribe to doing the same thing. It, it's incredibly complicated. And, and I think in many ways, that's where, you know, that's where most startups, they fail. You know, getting, you know, keeping the founders together and keeping them committed to a joint vision is incredibly complicated. Yeah. It's not easy. And it's a little bit like a relationship, you know. It's like you start somewhere and then you evolve and, and, and some people just grow apart and that's incredibly complicated. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host when you get a new car or a new home your first reaction might be to say things like oh yeah or i can't believe it or booyah but what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need like a good neighbor state farm is there state farm is there with the coverage you need for your car your home and even boats motorcycles rvs and other things that matter to you with a state farm agent you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need with so many coverage options it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you and when you need ways to get help state farm gives you options there too in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app state farm lets you do things your way so when you need help protecting the things that matter most remember to say like a good neighbor state farm is there when you want the best you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Um, do you feel like it's different in business relationships? Like things are more cordial in Denmark or European culture over 
maybe the American culture where it's more ego or solo focused uh, type of mentality? What do you think? Uh, we have egos too. You know, we had big, we, each of us had egos and mm. it was, it was hard to keep us aligned, you know, and it was hard for us to, to all, you know, doing this at this, in the same pace. And, and, and also because in a startup, like it's, it, it's a different phases in your company's life where you can really make a difference. And, and, and like, you know, when somebody works really hard and there's two other co-founders not working so hard and, but then you have another period where it's one of the other founders that works really hard. And, and, and that's that, that whole dynamic is just really complicated. Um, but I think that we were in a fortunate position that each of us, like we were not in our twenties, we were in our thirties. We were wow. you know, in many ways old and like, we saw this as our sentence was our baby in many ways. And we all wanted the best for the baby. So you live through these things. You live through the differences. You live through the facts that you are not always aligned and you're not always super happy in the relationship, but you know, the, it, you all double down on making sure that you're doing what's best for the baby. And, and Alex and Morton are the other two founders, correct? Yep. And are you guys, are you still close with them? Oh yeah, 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 we see each other uh, on a daily basis. We still, all of us, works in the San Francisco office, and and uh, our families get together and so on. Nice. Okay. Cool. So it's worked out so far. That's good. So tell me some. You know, you've been in the customer support industry for a long time now, and you've had lots of experience with Zendesk, with all the different companies you've worked with, and you've probably seen some horrible uses of customer support and some incredible uses of customer support. Can you share some of the best things you've learned along the way on how to keep customers happy? <laughs> well, I think that I think it comes from the inside, you know, I think that it is, it's in the, it's, it has to do with the mentality of the company. I, I, you know, the company has to embrace the fact that customer service is a really, really hard discipline. You know, nobody really enjoys it. You don't enjoy it from the, nobody, it's not like you don't have, you, it's not like you sit down and say, oh my God, I'm going to call customer service. It's going to be awesome. You know, and the people working in customer service often, you know, when they take a call, they know that people are upset or angry or have questions or are frustrated or doesn't understand what's going on. And that's just like it's it's really hard. Yeah. But it, it, it's a little bit like exercising, you know, getting up every morning at 6 a.m. and running in the rain or in the snow or lifting weights or whatever you do. Nobody really enjoys that until you get to a point where you kind of realize how good it is for you and how much you learn from it and how you sleep better and eat better and you have better sex and all these different things. <laughs> That's a little bit the same with customer service. Like you, once you get into starting embracing it, you understand how much you learn about your customers and your product and ultimately yourself. And, 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 you know, I think if you if you approach it that way and say like this is a this is a complicated sport, this is hard work, and like, but you have to go out there and in many ways just do it uh, a little bit like you know you the Nike commercial and getting out on the on the highway running, um, and you know once you get to that, I think you you have a real opportunity to see customer service as something that can give you like a real relationship with your customers and, and can take your company to new levels. It's really, really easy to provide bad customer service. I'm not 
you know, I did a lot of do our nothing, customer. do nothing, and you do a bad job. <laughs> well, I did a lot of our customer service in the early days, and it's it's it was really easy to fuck it up. It's yeah. really to disappoint your customers and not understanding them correctly and and not showing empathy and and all these different things. It's it's really really easy not to do it in a good way. Sure, it's it's, it's hard. Um, and and the the American mentality would be that people from uh, Europe maybe don't have. Uh, empathy for people <laughs> because the the thing is you know when you go over to europe they actually you know the at least in restaurants it's like there's no service you know <laughs> and uh and then no one's around and no one shows up and you can't get water filled you can't get your food you basically yeah. have to go grab it yourself whereas americans are used to that mentality of how can i help you yeah and what do you need and yeah. so that's interesting <laughs> well, but I think, you know, I think most Americans also have plenty of examples of terrible oh, of customers. Course. Of course, yes. I'm just generalizing so it, it, it. It's one of these things that is really hard to scale, especially. And, 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 uh, and uh, you know, I think that building out some good values around transparency, empowerment, trusting people, and, and always taking the high road, and always, you know, never start with distrusting people, and, and so on. Building on some of these values, I think, is incredibly helpful for 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 great customer service. Yeah. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening here that feel overwhelmed. They feel like they take on the entire their entire business by themselves, like they have to do everything themselves. Um, there's just too many tasks for them to do. And it's it can be a challenge for some of them to let go of their responsibility and to bring on the right team. Now, can you talk about how you find the right, the right people with the value, the same values that you share to build a successful business? Because I know it's all about having the right team of the people that have the right values. But how do you find those people that you can trust, that you can rely on, that live the same type of values that you have with your company? But, but that is, you know, that is really complicated, you know, and, and, and in many ways, it's a little bit of hit or miss, you know, mm. you, 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 you end up hiring people that turns out not to be the right people for you and for the team or for the dynamic of the team. And, and when you, when that happens, you just have to figure out a way of, of, of moving forward and, and correcting along the way. Um, so like, but I think you, you realize these things once you really try, you know, mm. once you go into it and say, okay, like, let's try to hire somebody that, you know, will take over this responsibility and, and find the right person and trust them with that responsibility. And I think, especially in our early days, um, like one of the one of the first things we did, or not one of the first things, but one of the early things we did was to hire like a, like a VP of, of, of uh, product engineering and somebody who's tried to scale an engineering organization before, somebody who had a network and all these different things. And in many ways, it, it was a little sensitive for us because, like, with the team structure and so on, like, Morten and Alex had to work very closely with that guy and, and to some extent, like, report into him. Like, they, they had, he had to be able to, uh, you know, manage that relationship. So it, it was incredibly sensitive for us. And, 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 you know, it was a very tough position to fill. We were then lucky to find that, that person and who was the exact right person, not only for coming in with that experience and with the network and, and with the team, but also somebody who could navigate that tension of, of founders and egos and all these different things. And, and so like it, it, it comes so much down to the initial team and the people you, 
you you initially hire to your team. Like your success depends so much on them uh, because they are you know they they help you with that scaling that is you know so uh, critical. Sure. What is the ideal personality type? of someone to hire to manage customer support for your company? For customer service? Yes. Uh, well, I think um, I would always go, you know, like attitude over skills, like somebody who loves talking to people, somebody who is like, who has that ability to show energy, who doesn't like, doesn't take things personal, who loves yeah. Extrovert and like all these different things, and I, I think our, our initial customer uh, service staff was a lot of like, was a lot of um, it was a it's a random bunch in many ways, but you know they, they came in with a, with a great attitude um, and and uh, and have you know really a lot of these guys have have built a whole career in Sendesk and are now doing incredibly interesting things. Um, but come in with that attitude and, and, and can show skills where they, they know what it is in a small organization. They like they don't get upset if somebody swears or a little right. you know, <laughs> out, of, out of order and, and you know, are, are curious about cultures and are curious about different people and so on. And, and that kind of openness and diversity in your organization is just like super important when you build the initial team. Mm. Talk to me about investing. How many you raised a little bit early on with uh, family and friends? You said, yeah. And then, how much more did you raise since then, or how many rounds? Yeah, so we did four rounds after coming to San Francisco. So we did an A, B, C, and a D, and in total, it was you know I think eighty, ninety, ninety million dollars, something wow. like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think same thing applies for for finding investors. You know, it, it has to be people that can, you know help you grow both as a team, as a CEO, as a board, um, and takes you kind of to the next level. Um, and we've been very fortunate with the investors that we found to this company and, and they all helped us grow the company. It's not only, it's not about the money. It's of course also about the money, but it's, it's, it's more about the people and the it's relationships, more, the strategy, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And their ability to help you take it further. Do you feel like, um, your investments were necessary to get to this level or do you feel like you could have done it through other channels or continuing to bootstrap? Uh, or do you feel like it's wise to take investments uh, if you're a growing company, growing startup? No, like when, you know, we, we went public five years after we moved to the U S or a little under five years after we moved to the U S and then we, you know, at that point we had, what did we have? Six, 700 employees. We had a run rate of close to a hundred million dollars. We had uh, customers almost, we had 40, 45,000 customers in 140, 50 countries. And like you can't build that kind of scale in such a short time without some uh, funding, especially yeah. when you are like a, a subscription service like software mm -hmm. services. Like it's, it's, like it's very hard to finance that initial growth through your own means. Sure. But we have built a very efficient business and we're not very capital. We are very capital efficient and we're not burning a lot, but, but still like it, it gives us, it's given us the freedom to grow really quickly. I like that. What's next for you and Zendesk? Well, like in many ways, going public has just been the, the first step in a, in a new journey for, for Zendesk. And like, we're really excited about the opportunity we have ahead of us. Like we've been doing so many different things. We're, 
growing growing a lot of market are suddenly in, engaging with all these large enterprises about their customer service strategy and their whole CRM and, and customer engagement strategies. And, and they're incredibly exciting for us. We also build out a whole new set, a generation of a whole new set of, of tools for engaging with your customers. So that customer service becomes more like an, an embedded experience rather than a destination you have to go to. Um, and, 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 and that really takes customer service to the next level where it's, it, where customer service suddenly available for you when and where you have the issue rather than has to be somewhere you have to go after having an issue. And, and so we, it's just a, it's just a huge opportunity and there's so much we can do here. There's so many things, uh, so many new things that, that this market shows for us. And, and like, we have a team that is incredibly excited and hardworking and, and global and 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 it just makes it it's just incredibly fun and 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 we're really enjoying it. I like that. I like the direction. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? Oh, what am I grateful for? I think like you know, we we've come nowhere without this fantastic team that we built here in San Francisco like and 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 like just coming to a city where you feel like home and where everybody has welcomed you and 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 made you successful is an incredible experience and that like that we are so privileged to have built this startup and and taking it so far it's it's, it's very unique experience and, and and we are just incredibly grateful for having had that opportunity i like it well well michael i want to acknowledge you before i have one more question for you but i want to acknowledge you first for creating for having a vision to create something that so many people find helpful in their business you know something that is such a challenge for people. You've created a system that allows people to have ease and be at least a little bit more relaxed with their customer support. So I acknowledge you for the drive that it took to do everything <laughs> with two other partners, come to America and make this happen. So thank you for all that you've done. <laughs> um, and then before I ask you the final question, I want to make sure everyone goes and checks out the book. I'll let you know the link of where to get this on the show notes uh, after this last question. But the book is called Start Up Land, How Three Guys Risked Everything to Turn an Idea into a Global Business. And it's a, a funny story of what it takes to risk it all and go for broke. So I'll have a link up for that on the show notes. But the final question, Mikel, is what is your definition of greatness? Oh, I think, <laughs> I think greatness... Um... Oh, what is my definition? I think that your ability to be able to be open, be uh, now I'm looking now I'm searching for proper words in English. So about <laughs> be, like embrace people for what they are, embrace the world for what it is. That things you know things are good, things are bad, things are complicated. Some things are easy. People are not. It's not always easy with people. People have their own set of issues people have problems and and it's like be you know being able to embrace that it's a complicated world out there i think i think it, it characterizes people that have the opportunity that have the capacity to to maybe do great things is that they can embrace all the all the all the different colors and all the different angles and all the different complexities there are to the world today mm. Great answer. Thank you so much, Mikael, for, for sharing and for finding the words in English. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, and thanks so much for all you do. No, thank you so much.
And there you have it, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, do me a big favor and head back to lewishouse.com slash 134. That's right, lewishouse.com slash 134. We got links where you can go find Startup Land, the book, and get that information, more information about Zendesk and what Mikel is up to. You can check out all the show notes over there of what we covered. And uh, if you enjoyed this, go ahead back over there and share this with your friends over on Facebook or Twitter. Again, the episode is lewishouse.com slash 134. So if you've got someone who's an entrepreneur or someone who wants to start a startup, definitely email them this episode and share it with them because I think they'll get a lot out of this. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We've got some big episodes coming up. So excited to bring them to you soon. And for those that have been asking for more female guests on the School of Greatness, we've got some epic females coming on here shortly. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys again for coming on. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.